lovely to be here. And um, I just was really in that worship time just thinking how much um, God makes all things new. So some of you have already been here in one service. So a group of people came and then they went. And then another group of people came and then you will go. Um, But the Holy Spirit makes every meeting new and fresh because there's no one else like you that's been here before and you've bought him because you abide in him. And so there's this freshness with, I just felt like a coming and a going and a fresh, there is a new wave. Something's happening that's quite new and fresh and clummy, you are at the front foot of it. And I just want to encourage you, you won't miss it. I don't know if you've had a fear that there's something, sometimes as a leader this happens, you just think you're supposed to be ahead of the times and you're supposed to know. You are right in the middle of it. Right, you're right in step with him, stepping it out. This is so beautiful to watch and see. And you're anointed, but you're going to see. I just I felt like God said, tell Clummy, he will see. He will see. You've got quite a prophetic gift and I just see him opening and showing you and you're stepping it out with him, with your beautiful Tristan at your side. And um, I don't know if you want to be by his side because you're not sitting next to him. But, but it doesn't matter because it's socially distancing, so it's all can, you can get away with it. <laughs> but uh, you're just a beautiful couple, and I can just see you supporting in your strengths, being you. No pressure to be anybody else. So it's just so lovely to be. It's so lovely to... Um, this church means a lot to me because um, your senior pastors, Greg and Robbie, um, have invested a lot into Grant and I over the years. My husband, Grant, says hello to you all. And, uh, yeah, just back before, we were, when we were young, they invested into our marriage and just over the years and years and years of relationship we've had, it's wonderful to see this church just go from strength to strength. And, um, yeah, so I'm praying that they're having a wonderful time. I'm sure they're just enjoying themselves up in um, kayaking and whatever that is that they're on. I see them on. <laughs> the photos of them having a good time. It's beautiful, isn't it? So, God, we lift them up to you. We thank you for them. We pray you'd bless them. We pray you would refresh them, renew them by your spirit right now, whatever they're doing, that they'd sense a connection and a unity with us. And I thank you, Father, that you make all things new. You're so for us. Um, so for us, I just sense his spirit saying, I am so for you, Life. I am so for you individually. So uh, God, as we open the word, I just pray that you breathe freshly on it and that we would re- receive from you, be strengthened in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, I really felt to talk about being still and knowing that God is God this morning, having no idea that there's a new restriction that you'll be seated and not, you know, sometimes when we get together, we're standing and worshipping. And um, so it's just, he's doing something deep in all of us as his church at the moment, a deep revelation that um, we are seated in Christ, seated in heavenly places. And these restrictions really don't stop that. It just deepens this revelation that we are worshipping seated. We are worshipping in the rightful place that we have in God. And, um, and 
Tommy's already said, you know, you could be on the floor, you could be on your knees, it doesn't matter where you are, but this is an inner knowing of who you are in Christ, who you're connected to. And that can give us really great confidence when we're going through something like we're going through in the, with a pandemic where week to week really are seeing what's going to outwork and we don't know um, how long it's going to be. So coming back to a truth like being still and knowing that he's God, that he is the Alpha and the Omega. He was at the beginning. He will be at the very end. He is right with us every step of the way. He's walking every step through this season with us and will reveal what we need to know when we need to know it. So Psalm 46.10, you've probably read it. Who has read that so many times or even has declared it at different times? Be still and know that I am God. Um, Yeah, you might notice that it doesn't say poll all your friends and know (laughs) that he's God. (laughs) doesn't say read lots of books by experts and know. Uh, it doesn't say scale the internet and know that he's God. It actually says be still. Who's good at being still? <laughs> it's, it sounds lovely actually because you, your soul really needs it. I think we are in a really beautiful time of rest where God is restoring and rejuvenating. And I've spoken to many church leaders who had a little bit of Sunday church burnout. So they've been re- resting over that little break. And now we're coming back together, which is so nice. But we're coming back together differently. And we can come back together and learn how to come back together with a stillness and not this expectation of performance or doing, but knowing that God is bringing about some shifts and changes. It's actually His. And I think that's really exciting. That, but it's not until you start stopping, stop moving, stop talking, stop searching, stop panicking, stop thinking. It's not until you stop and look at God that um, you can sometimes realise how busy you were internally, how raced, racing ahead you were. Um, you can stop and start breathing and start to get stressed, actually, because you start to go to grab your phone or go to th- or thoughts come into your mind and you begin to um, start to want to do again. Um, this is just me. You're probably not like that. but um, So I have been learning over a period of time, about four years, I've been learning this um, being still and knowing that he's God. Um, and in Psalm 46.10, in the Passion Translations, it says... Surrender your anxiety, be silent and stop your striving and you will see that I am God. I am the God above all the nations and I will be exalted throughout the whole earth. So even though today we may not be singing with loud voices like we have in the past, we are worshipping him by being silent and stopping You've made time to come today and online. You've made time to look into um, to, to God's face and to actually hear. Like we're stopping. You can see, even if you're online, you can sit and rest and know that he is God and see that he's doing something across the entire earth. It is an unusual time that he is doing something across the whole earth. And we're part of it. 
Um, in the amplified version, I really like looking at different versions of this just to see how God brings out different things. It says, be still and know, recognize, understand that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold, our refuge and our high tower. Um, you know, we sometimes can... Um, I just love that earlier that I talked about surrendering your anxiety. Because when you get still with God, I think that's when our anxious thoughts come up. And uh, many of us are high-functioning um, people with anxiety. <laughs> we have high-functioning anxiety where we're still functioning. And, but on the inside, perhaps we're just going from one thing to the next thing and there is um, anxiety there. And I just, I don't know why, I just felt a real today that God wanted to really talk about bringing those things to him. Be still and bringing those anxious thoughts to him. Little thoughts, big thoughts. Little concerns, major concerns. Just bringing them to him in the stillness um, and allowing him to give you wisdom. When we, when it says be still and know that I am God, there's a, he's, he, he knows you and you have the opportunity to connect with the one who knows you better than you know yourself. And for him to give wisdom that is appropriate and exactly what you need for right now in every intricate detail of your life. Now, that blows my mind that God does that and that he knows us so incredibly well, that he knit us together and that he... Um, will give us wisdom if we stop and be still and just acknowledge and inquire. And it's there. Um, this might encourage you, Philippians 4, 6 to 7. This is one of my favourite verses. When you're in a fix, read Philippians 4, 6. That's good to remember. <laughs> Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces that worry at the centre of your life. I have witnessed this happening, God displacing anxiety and worry at the centre of my life. Now, you wouldn't look at me and think that I'm an anxious person. Um, I'm, I don't have a diagnosis of anxiety, and I don't think I am an anxious person all the time, but there's sometimes just an unrest. And I've just learned that God does not want me to live with that unrest at all in any way, that there's a peace that is Jesus Christ who lives in me. And if I can surrender through humility to him, I can be living in total peace. Who wants that? But this battle sometimes with our flesh, you know, our flesh wants to control or wants to um, know, well, what we need to know is he is God. So it's coming to this realisation that we're not going to know about the future. We actually don't know about next week. And God says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. So he says, just come back today, right present in this moment. And in fact, this is the only thing we have right now is right here together in this moment and what God wants to do presently. 
So we can raise the head or we can be dwelling in the past, but right now, in this moment, being still and knowing he's God. He wants us to live moment to moment with him. And actually, we only get anxiety when we start to look outside of that moment. But in that moment is peace. Um, this, this has been a scripture for me I want to share with you um, that I'm still mulling over and I have been in for a long time and learning. And this week, I learned some new things out of it. So I thought I'd share it with you. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30 in the message. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? And that was definitely my husband and I. Five years ago, we handed over our church. My husband was diagnosed with burnout and he's still in recovery. He's doing so much better, which is so good. Um, But so this scripture really spoke to us because it was like, yeah, okay. Religion is duty or things that you feel like you need to do or perform. It's not necessarily living in the spirit. So you get burned out on religion and religious ways of living and thinking. But he says, come to me, Jesus says, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. When I read that, I feel lighter. I want the same freedom that Jesus had walking on the earth and has for us right now. And I become aware, as I come away with him, I become aware of how heavy I have gotten. Picking up and carrying things, things that may be um, messages that I've picked up, different things that I have thought was... the right things, but maybe I've recognised with religious things. And now I'm coming into this freedom of discovering the unforced rhythms of grace. You know, someone in the earlier service said to me, um, you know, I'm a bit slower these days. She was a little older and she was making her way out. And I said, no, slow is good. We've got it all wrong. Just thinking you're going to get there quicker. It's not God's way. Slow and steady actually does win the race. And I think our souls are catching up in this period of, it's a bit of a rest. It's like God's saying, come on, church, just rest. You need to rejuvenate. I'm preparing you for a new thing, but you, you know, rest in me. It's a sacred slow walk with God. He doesn't rush. When I walk with God, I'm like, okay, I've got half an hour. You know, he shows me things. Stops. It's like walking with a child sometimes. You know, children, they, oh, look at that. And then they, and then you come on, come on. And they, oh, look at that. And they come back and they play. He's so childlike. Actually, he likes us to be childlike. That shows me we're made in the image of God. He is playful. He's fun. He notices detail. And he, when you spend time with him, you have a skip in your step and the pressure leaves and you're like, oh, just resting in him. So when he says keep company with me in this verse, um, that's in everything you're doing, not just if you've got a special time in the morning, which I'm never very good at doing. 
And I used to beat myself up about it. But I've decided I'm just going to do my whole day with you, God. <laughs> so I actually do the whole day rather than this intense Bible reading in the morning, which was religious thinking. And because I do my whole day with him, I, can't, I found I've actually wanted to get up earlier and do time with him, but we're doing it all day long. It's coming with him, walking with him, working with him. He's had to teach me how to work with him um, because I used to get a bit perfectionistic, a bit obsessive in my work life, and he's teaching me to chill. Who needs to chill like me? In some things you do. Not every temperament. Some temperaments are all good. My temperament needs Jesus. I need him. I can, I can, like, I, I think it's a strength because i got attention to detail, love things done well, you know, but it can be a curse. So it has to be under the rule of the spirit. Um, but he's teaching me how to know when that's enough. You know, I've been doing some styling for um, enlarged living and, I, you know, come into a house that's preparing it for um, people who are going to move in to support them to live independently, people with a disability. And I get so passionate. I go, wow, we can make this space look like this. And I just start. And, 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 and the heart is definitely to make the space look beautiful. But I could just keep going. Oh, and then let's go into this room. Oh, and we can get that to colour coordinate with this room. And I go into the obsession. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit just brings me back. <laughs> it's like, what you've done is beautiful. Now let it go and go on to the next house and style the next house. But So I'm noticing this about myself because I'm coming away with him um, and then I'm doing, working with him and abiding with him and that's what this whole scripture is about. I'm learning with him. So psychologists talk about natural behaviour and learned behaviour. So when we're naturally negative, um, we have to learn how to be positive. Anybody knows some negative people in their lives nobody's putting their hand up you're so gracious a oh, one honest person at the back <laughs> oh look some more honest people look i can be negative let's just point here it's better not to point fingers to other people isn't it so i can i can be negative sometimes and i have to learn to choose to be positive in that moment when you're naturally fearful you know, you get some news and suddenly you think the worst. You have to learn to be hopeful or courageous. Um, when you're naturally selfish, which we all are because we have flesh, and flesh just thinks about self, you know. So we have to learn then to be generous. We have to learn to think about others. It's just... Um, not our natural inclination. So um, this scripture talks about learning the unforced rhythms, rhythms of grace. It says to me, it's not something we naturally know how to do. It's not our natural inclination. And we're on this beautiful journey of learning these unforced. Oh, that means he's, he's never going to make you. He, he says, come with me but he doesn't force you to do that it's an invitation i feel like it's so exciting there's this beautiful invitation before us and will we trust him and know that he has our very best interest at heart that whatever is happening right now even though we can't understand it we're wearing masks we're social distancing we're saying hello we're cuddling doing air cuddles well we're doing all this stuff 
He knows all about it and he's using it and he's doing some deep things in it. So we, we don't have to worry. Um, this, there's something that he is, a rhythm that he is bringing about for us all when we learn this. So um, shortly after Grant was diagnosed with burnout, I, um, and I, I wish I could say to you, I went straight to God and God told me that this is what was going to happen. But I didn't. I sort of panicked for a while. Then we went on long service leave and it just kept getting worse and worse. And then we went to doctors and la, 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 and we did this big journey. And actually then felt God say, it's time to hand the church over, which we did. Um, but once we had moved to Redhead and moved to a new location and um, I then sat with God and said, what is, when I need a scripture for this season ahead. I felt it was going to be a long season. I just felt there was going to be a five-year season. Guess what? We're nearly up to five years. And Grant is starting to really pick up. But the scripture that God gave me was Isaiah 40. 2831. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope or wait or trust in the Lord will renew their strength. That's what he said. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. That shows me that when we (laughs) wait with him, we actually rise up to a place like an eagle where you can see from a different perspective, where you can see, you can can come above your situation. You can come above things. Um, And I recently made this discovery of this waiting, which is exciting for me because... Um, I probably always read that verse and thought, just wait, sit, do nothing. That it's not achieving anything, you're just being almost disciplined. (laughs) See how long you can wait. Um, And, you know, anyone in a waiting room, you can see people in a waiting room, the ones that just do not like to wait, the doers that have got things to do. And what's going on? And how come I'm not in that appointment yet? And they get agitated. Sometimes they, oh, they're looking at their watch. You know, um, we've all been there. We've all you know, tried to, to speed things up and felt like we're on hold. But perhaps while I just explain to you what the word wait means in the Old Testament, it will, you will realise that it is not passive what is happening when you are waiting. While you are waiting, something very very strategic is happening to you that is strengthening you and it is purposeful it's not time wasting it's all purposeful in God so the word wait is a term used by those who made rope so if you can picture a rope should have got a picture for you visual people you can picture a rope can't you and how when someone was waiting They were weaving a weak strand of rope into strong strands. So making that rope um, bind together. Taking the weak strand and binding it in with the strong. So I used this before and I'll do it again. Clummy, if you had a rope shop, 
and someone came into Clummy's rope shop back in the Old Testament. I can see you there. Um, when Clummy um, was there, they would come in and they would say, Where, where's Clummy? And someone would say, he is in the back waiting. And he would out, be out the back making this rope, taking the weak strands and placing it in, braiding it in with the strong. So this illustration gives us a new meaning to waiting on the Lord, doesn't it? For the longer one would wait, the stronger that rope would become. So the longer we are prepared to wait, that is the longer we are prepared as the weaker vessel to be um, made in with God, you know, blended in with God, um, knitted in with God, the longer we're prepared to let him do that, the stronger we're going to become. So the more there's a blending, there's more there's a oneness happening, there's more of the self dropping off, the more of the old dropping off and the new becoming your new normal. So you can imagine a vine planted by itself in a field will wrap around itself. However, if the plant which is a New Testament analogy, um, John 15, because we're a branch of a vine. So if that plant is then next to a mighty oak and it is wound around the mighty oak, then it will soar as high as the tree itself. It will be able to go as high. And so that's why when in our weakness we are um, blended in his strength, we can then rise and do and in his strength, things that are beyond our capacity and beyond our abilities. It's not because, it's because, so our weakness is our friend. We should rejoice that we suck at things because if we didn't, we wouldn't have no reason for the Holy Spirit to help us. So if you're really bad at something, rejoice. If you need God for every minute, rejoice because in your weakness, his strength is being made perfect. It's been, you're being made perfect in his strength through your ability to go, I need you. I can't do it. Because then he says, well, guess what? I can. And so, ah, I just was saying to Clummy earlier, I just felt God wanted you to exhale this morning. He wanted you to just go, Ah, the pressure is off. I am knitted together with him and he has it. So be still and know he is God. When you're waiting, it's actually um, achieving so much. You're being bind together, twisted together with him. Not sitting in a corner waiting patiently or being quiet. Isn't that good? That you're being, things are happening. Okay, um, so they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. We believers need to wait because if we don't, we won't have his glory revealed. So um, I'm just going to leave you with this scripture and then I want us to let him just be still in his presence and just um, let him do what only he can do. You know, I can come and share the word, um, but I can't do the Holy Spirit's job. (laughs) 
I'm so glad I can't do his job. I'm glad I can just say the word and then he watches over the word to perform it. It takes all the pressure off me. So I just need to say the word. You, you can just sit with him or open your word. You can be still with him and let him do what only he can do. Isn't that good? Isn't that good news? That is such good news to me because there's so many things I can't do. I am married to a husband who is really good at a lot of things and it makes me feel really less than because I'm not that good at very many things and so I've compared myself in the past but now I'm like, you know what, it's good that I'm not good at many things because if I was really good at a lot of things, I would not need God as desperately as I do every day. I actually need him. I wake up, I know I can't get through the day without him. That is a great place to be in. But I've not always been there. I'm there now and that's good. But through this season of waiting, I've recognised, actually, I can't. I need you. So let um, let me say this. This is Romans 8, 26, 28 in the message. Meanwhile, it's a good word, isn't it? Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting. If any of you are sick and tired of some things that are happening in your world, this is scripture for you. The moment you get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside you, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us. How good's that? Making prayer out of our worldless wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present, keeps us present before God, not anxiously thinking about next week or next year, not thinking about yesterday or what was or how we used to do things. He's keeping us very present before God. This moment, right now, That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something very good. He is good. How can we not be knitted together with Him, bound together with Him, and it not be good when He is good? He's making such good come out of um, the season we're walking through and the things that are happening at the moment. I just want to share this story about my daughter. I hope this encourages you. It really encouraged me. I just I sense there's some people, and maybe not everybody knows what you're experiencing. And I hope this between you and God will encourage you, especially if you're a younger person. I just felt this is going to encourage a young person. So my daughter um, had this issue with a collarbone, and she, I don't know what happened. It just think she might have done it doing shot put and it just popped out and it just kept randomly popping in and out and in and out and it was really uncomfortable and it went on for months and months and months and it got to the point where she wouldn't lift her hands and I think what happened was she was just so fearful of it popping out and the discomfort that she just let it restrict her and um, we took her to lots of doctors and everything but this time I was more cluey than I was earlier and I went to God first about some things and he said to me um, gave me Psalm 139 Um, let me read 
said, and, and, I, and I gave it to my daughter Millie and I said, this is what God has said about your collarbone. Um, that she's knit together in my womb. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. Um, you saw who you created me to be before I became me. He'd already knitted her that and made her perfectly and you're being made perfectly. Someone needs to hear this. You've been made perfectly. And so we still went back to the specialist because he told us to come back to him and we were going back. She still had no more um, restriction, no more movement. But in the car, on the way there, I didn't mention this in the first service, but in, on, in the car on the way there, a song comes on, My Little Loom. Um, and it's all about a mum talking about her child who was knit together in the womb. And Millie just plays this over and over in the car as we're driving into the specialist. She still hasn't lifted her arm up yet. But I knew she was going to be okay. And when we saw the specialist, he said, you're going to be okay. And she just lifted her arm up like that. And, she, and it was completely okay. It was a miracle in the, in the specialist's uh, room. But it had been months and months and months of just waiting on this word that I thought God had given for her. And I share that today because sometimes we can, in the waiting, feel like, God, you're not doing anything. You're not changing anything. Um, but in the waiting, she was she was trusting Him with that word. And she was the one that was playing that song over and over in the car and really taking on board who she was. So um, I, just, I just feel it toward now. I want you to sit in His presence. And what's your situation? Maybe, you know, we're going to be still and you need to know Him as your healer this morning. Or be still and know Him as your restorer. Perhaps there's some relationships that need some mending. Know Him as the reconciler. Know Him as the redeemer. The one that gives you wisdom. The one that gives you peace. The one that gives you joy. The one who knows you uh, when nobody else really knows you. Maybe you only display a certain side of yourself to people. But you know that He knows you. Or you want to know that He so let's sing this song. Maybe Aaliyah will just um, sing this over you. You are blessed. No, you are blessed. You know, sometimes we'd be walking through things and we think, this doesn't look like blessing God. Or, no, you are loved. Sometimes we think, oh, I don't feel loved. Well, I'm just saying, He wants you to, this morning, be still with Him, be silent with Him, allow Him to speak to you individually the way only He can and just know that He's God. He has got you. You're together with Him. It's going to be okay. This new season is going to be immeasurably more than you can ask, think or imagine according to the power that is at work within you. So be, you know, be just expectant that He is doing something great. Thanks, guys.